upstairs, and it's it's good. So, if you uh, last week we took a little break. My friend David was here, shared with us. Uh, but if you haven't been with us the last few weeks, we've been talking about family. Family is a big issue. Uh, it's an important issue in our lives, and we all, I think, are are aware of how much uh, a role, how great a role family plays in, in kind of our formation, our development, our identity, those kinds of things. Um, we all have families. Some of our, our greatest joys and, and, and the greatest uh, so, sort of, um, you know, blessings in life come from our family. Sometimes... Um, our greatest frustrations and our greatest disappointments also come from our families. Family is, uh, bless you, family is important. Uh, again, again, Matthew, what is your problem? Family is important, you know, not only to us, but to God. If I mentioned this in our opening week, but Scripture has a lot to say about family. It really is a story of, of family, of God's family and of family within that. So, uh, you know, it's just as I prayed over the last few weeks, thought this is really something we, we should we should talk about. So we'll spend, I think, uh, I don't know exactly how many weeks, but probably through the summer, uh, looking at some different family relationships. Tonight, I want to focus on um, parents. I want to talk about parents. That might be good news for some of us and bad news for others. Um, Mom and Dad. Here's the title tonight. My title is Honoring Mom, Dad, and Father. There's Mom and Dad on the left. They're happy. They look good. I think they're going to church. Dad's got his tie on. And that's uh, Father on the right, God the Father. In case you were wondering, if you weren't sure what God looked like, now you know. Um, but, but what I want to talk about is, is uh, honoring our earthly parents in light of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And, and that's really the focus throughout this series. We, we talked in the uh, first couple weeks uh, about that, about the kingdom of God and having a kingdom perspective. So, so this might be um, a, a little different than maybe what you've heard before. So if you would, uh, you know, just uh, hang with me and bear with me. I want Our text tonight is Ephesians 6, and what I want to do is read the text and then pray. So we're going to look at just the first three verses of Ephesians 6. And I'm reading from the NIV. It says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So, Lord, um, would you open our hearts to receive from you tonight? Would you cause your word to penetrate our hearts and to help us to grow as your children in our understanding of what it means to be your children, to honor our parents, and to do the things that you have given to do. In your name we pray. Amen. So Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, and he begins in this chapter to talk about some family relationships, starting with mom and dad. And he is quoting here from the Fifth Commandment. Ten Commandments are found originally uh, for us in the book of Exodus and again in the book of Deuteronomy. They're recorded twice. Uh, They're a little different in those two places. If you've read through, you understand that. 
and so Paul here is actually quoting from the second rendition from, from Deuteronomy. Um, and he begins by saying, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do. And, and that, on one level, in and of itself, sh- should be enough, shouldn't it? It's the right thing to do. And most of us as Christians, I hope, would say, hey, you know, I want to I do the right thing. And he, he, uh, he begins with that. But then he continues by saying, honor your father and mother, which is actually what the, uh, the commandment tells us. That word honor is really the focus. That's the focus of the key, that's the key word. The, uh, that's the key operative. And it's also the word, I think, that causes um, some confusion for us. And it's the word we're going to focus on tonight and try to really unravel a little bit. What does that mean? What does it mean to honor your mother, your father and mother? The Greek word here uh, that he uses, honor, is an interesting word. It's tamao in the Greek. It's the verb form of a word time, which means uh, really to give appropriate value to. It's, it's a valuation. It's, it's, a, it's a weight. That's an old uh, scale there, and, and the way that things were given value in ancient culture was that they were weighed. Now, we still do that a little bit. There's, you know, if you, uh, if you buy a diamond, you'll, you'll, the diamond will have so many carats to it, right? And, but that, that, the number of carats is actually a measurement of weight. It's how much it weighs. That's what that really is. So we can kind of understand that we don't really use that as a standard for everything today. But in ancient culture, that was really the standard of value or worth of something was how much it weighed as a, over and against something else. So if you were going to buy so much of this, it would be weighed on the scale. And, and that's really what the word means. That's the literal meaning of this word is that it would be given the appropriate value. That it would be that it would be weighed properly and given what it's worth, and and that's what it means to to honor, and uh, that's going to be an important understanding for us as we kind of work through this. Um, he tells us here. Uh, th- well, I'll, first of all, it's a, it's a, the first commandment with with the promise. It's also the first commandment that deals with horizontal relationships. Now, all of the Ten Commandments. Are relational, all right? They're relational. Um, they they're they're not commands given to us dictating behavior in isolation, and, and I think that's one of the misunderstandings that is common among people who maybe don't know God, don't follow the Lord, who aren't Christians, is they sort of see. Christianity is this list of rules, these do's and don'ts. Um, but, but it's not really just a list of rules of do's and don'ts. What God gives us is really guidelines for relationship. And, and that, when you think of it that way, it's a little different. These are things that will help you have healthy relationships. And all the commandments are relational. The first four deal with their, their what I call vertical commandments. They deal with our relationship with God. And it's appropriate that those are given first because anyone who has known God for any length of time realizes very quickly that unless that relationship is in order, my other relationships won't be. And and in fact, no matter how hard I try to get my other relationships in order, unless my relationship with God is is where it needs to be, it's not going to work. 
It's not going to work. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be things that will be out of order, out of line, until I get this relationship set first. So the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God. The remaining six deal with our relationships with other people. And I think it's interesting. I don't know if this was the intent or not. I, I find it to be appropriate as well that the first of those vertical relationships deals with parents. Because that also is a very foundational relationship that that has a a lot of bearing on ultimately the person we become. How many people uh, are in counseling and finding out that they have mother issues or father issues? And the relationship with our parents very often dictates uh, how we uh, uh, interact and deal with other relationships beyond that, you know, throughout the remainder of our lives. So I find it interesting that that the order, and again, I don't know if that was the intent of the author, is that the first relationship we have to work on is that with God, and the second relationship we have to work on, uh, the first earthly relationship, really is that with our parents, and, and that sort of sets the foundation for the others. Remember that the Bible was written in the context of a patriarchal society, Okay? So in in that society, the father was sort of the supreme authority. Uh, We yield, we pledge allegiance to the father. We sort of do what he says. And I'll review with you really quickly. I said that uh, the family members, all family members, but especially here focused on the children, had three responsibilities. To bring honor to the father, you conduct your life in a manner that uh, will reflect positively on him. You don't do things that are going to shame your father, that are going to disparage his reputation in any way. You, you bring honor to the father. Second, you carry out the will of the father. You really, uh, in one sense, your life is not your own. You, you don't make sort of life decisions, even to the degree of, of marriage, career, things like that on your own. You really, you really yield that to the will of the father. And then your third responsibility is to propagate or reproduce and continue that family line so that that reputation of the father will be carried on from generation to generation to generation. So in light of that, God says, honor your father and mother. Paul also recounts here what it says in the original text that this is the first first of the commandments that has a promise with it. The promise is it will go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Can I, uh, I'm going to get off subject for just a moment, if I could. We're supposed to enjoy long life on earth. We're supposed to really enjoy life. And I... I'm struck by a couple of things. One is that it seems as though it's fairly common among Christians to not necessarily enjoy life. I'm not saying universal, but I think we're missing something. And I think maybe it's an indication if life isn't full of wonder and joy, that our hearts maybe aren't in the right. And I just want to give that to you, submit that humbly and say, that's God's plan. And the second thing is this that strikes me, and maybe this isn't quite as prominent as it was, you know, in a, a generation ago or so, but among believers there oftentimes is a considerable focus on the next life 
and very little attention given to this life. And I really think God's heart, I, I, you know, I heard so many times, well, this life is just a, a twinkle in an eye. It's a, it's a blink, and then it's over, it's done, it's gone, and that's eternity. That's the life out there. I think it's God's heart and intention. I think this life is a gift from God, and he gave it to us to enjoy. We're, we're supposed to have fellowship with him, and we're supposed to enjoy this life. It, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not a theologian by any stretch, but I look at Scripture, and I say, how much of the, of the New Testament deals with the next life, eternity? And how much of it deals with this life? Now, I've never added it up or done the math, but I'm going to guess that somewhere around 97% deals with this life. And about 3% deals with... Now, that doesn't mean that that's not going to be a good deal. That's going to be a good deal. But I just think it's God's heart and intent that we enjoy life. That we enjoy life. That our li- that this life is is more than the blink of an eye. Forget time factor in eternity. Just rem- And this is maybe, you know, God's word to us tonight. Enjoy life. God's given us this life as a gift. It really is. It's a precious gift from him. And, and we really should, should, you know, grab a hold of it and live it to its fullest in abundance, as he said we could do. Okay, there you go. That's off. That's, we're back on topic now. Um... So, this is the promise that we get if we obey this commandment to honor our mother and father. That it'll go well with you. That's good. I like that. And that you'll enjoy long life on earth. This teaching, by the way, this is interesting to me. Uh, maybe, maybe you do know this, maybe you don't. It's not unique to the Bible. Did you know that? It's not unique to the Bible. I'm not going to read all these to you, but these are just examples. Um, I pulled a few here. This is from... I don't know all the, the texts or the, the uh, different, what they call their, their different writings, but from Baha'i, Islam, Shinto, Judaism, Buddhism, and Confucianism, and there are others, all essentially saying the same thing. They're all essentially saying, give honor to your mother and father, and some of them even have the, the promise attached, that if you do that, it will go better with you. So this is not unique to Christianity. It really is in some ways. It's kind of like the golden rule you know, in that it just, it makes sense. It's, it's common sense. It's, it's wisdom. It's a good thing to do. It is the right thing to do. Uh, it, 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 really, it, it really is an insightful sort of idea that if, it, it just seems clear. If you do that, it'll work, right? If you, if you do this, if you really do honor your mother and father, it's going to work for you. Why is that? What makes that happen? What causes that to be true? There's a couple of reasons that have been that have been given historically. You guys done read? Still read? Everybody's reading those little things like that. Uh, that's fine. You can do that. One reason historically that I, I think this has been said is that historically kids learn from their parents. Okay, the the whole um, you know idea of public school is a fairly recent invention, fairly recent development. For thousands of years, kids were taught by their parents at home. And so the, the, the idea there, if you don't honor your mother and father, you don't pay attention, you don't listen, you don't do what they tell you, you're not going to have an education, you're not going to be able to have a good career, you're not going to have the opportunities in life that other people will have. It makes sense. So that's why you should do this. That's one historical reason that's been cited for this. Another is this, again, uh, up until, you know, sort of the modern era and really you know, fairly, very recently, 
uh, in history. There, there were your kids were your only safety net for old age. There, there were there was no four hundred one ks. Not that anybody's four hundred one k is doing them any good right now, anyway. But there wasn't one, and there was no social security, and there were there was nothing to fall back on except your children. That, that was the whole idea, that your kids would take care of you in life. So the teaching, honor your father and mother, basically is this. It's a, it's a generational reality where you're saying, hey, you honor them because in, by, do, by you doing that, you're teaching your kids to do what you do so that as you take care of your elders, they'll take care of you when you get older. That also seems to make sense. So those are, you know, some historical and logical reasons why this teaching would be universal and and why it would make sense to do that. But here's the question, and this is the question we have to ask. What is the kingdom perspective? What what is God's heart on this? What, what What is the proper way for kingdom people to seek first the kingdom of God and then apply that to, to this, this relationship. And, and, and I'm going to say, not only here in, in this text and in, in, in this idea, but really in life, that should always be the question. That's the question we should always be answering. What's the kingdom perspective on this? In this situation, in this reality, what should I be doing to seek first the kingdom of God and apply that to the situation? Something else I've noticed, and I, and I don't want to be negative, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be disparaging towards anyone or anything. But, but I've, I've seen this. There's a tendency, I think, sometimes among Christians in sort of our modern Western cultural Christianity to do this, to, to sort of manage life and manage relationships to the best of our ability. And then kind of try to plug Jesus into that. We sort of come to our own conclusions based on the desired outcome. You know, this is how I think this should go, and this is what the way I think it should look when it's done. And, and then we sort of try to fit Jesus into that so that Jesus kind of validates uh, our perspective. Anybody follow me on that? Anybody aware of that or ever seen that? I, I, to me, that's backwards. That's not really the, really the way it should work. I think the way it should work is we should endeavor to ask, how do I manage life and manage relationships in light of the kingdom of God by seeking first the kingdom of God and, and let that guide the decisions that I make? And I think sometimes the, the two conclusions might look a little different if we do it that way. Remember again in the Jewish culture that's the scripture was written in that it was it was a patriarchal society father was the supreme authority we pledge allegiance to, to, to the father he dictates the way that things work out in the course of our lives Jesus shows up and he applies that concept that idea to our heavenly father and suddenly he says no look earthly father really isn't the supreme authority. He, he is not the one that we pledge ultimate allegiance to. It's really Abba Father. It's our Heavenly Father. It's, it's God the Father. He, he is the one. God's the one that we want to bring honor to. God is the one 
who dictates the will that we carry out. God is the one whose family we want to continue and whose name we want to see passed on from generation to generation. And when Jesus said that, that wasn't met with open arms. People weren't excited about that. That wasn't well received. In fact, um, it, it caused him a lot of problems. Th- this was a this cut against the grain. It was somewhat of a slap in the face to the cultural norm. People had lived this way for hundreds and thousands of years, and Jesus is saying, "No, I want to tell you something different than that." So, the the point of all that is when we when we when we read Ephesians six. Or, or any scripture, but specifically when we read this passage tonight in Ephesians, we, we read it within that framework. We read it with that understanding. We, we, we pledge allegiance as God's children, as God's people, to our Heavenly Father. He's the supreme authority in our lives. And now He is telling us to honor our earthly mother and father. And, and when we look in that way, it may have a little bit more punch behind it, a little more meaning, a little more depth than it would otherwise. Because he tells us to honor our mother and father, whether they're believers or not, whether they were very good at it or not, whether they are honorable or not, whether they deserve it or not. We give the appropriate way, the value due them. They might, they might not deserve it. They might not have earned that. They might not have been very good parents. But why do we do it? We do it because we're committed to our Heavenly Father, and He's commanded us to do it. Now, I, I, that might be hard for some of us to hear, and I understand that. And I want you to hang with me for a few minutes because here, here's what I believe and what I've been thinking about this week as I've been preparing and I hope I hope that this will be liberating it will be freeing for some of us I also hope it will be healing for some of us but I realize it might also be convicting for some of us and maybe it will be all three for some of us I don't know but I want you just to, to bear with me because I really believe that God has something in this for us so what does it look like what does it look like to honor our earthly mother and father in light of our relationship with our heavenly father and his commandment to, to do that it helps me to make a distinction, and, and I want to I draw this distinction for you because I, I, I think it will be very, very helpful to you. And the distinction is this. It's between position and function. And, and I'm going to use an illustration um, to, to kind of help you see that a little bit because I think it works this way as well, not only with parents but in leadership. There's positional leadership and functional leadership. And some people have the position. Maybe a person is an overseer, manager, governor, whatever, president. um, But they don't do it very well. They have that title. They have that position because they were elected. They were whatever that was given to them. uh, They inherited it. I don't know how they got it, but they got it. Now they have it. But they don't really function in it. And, And maybe you can think of illustrations of that in life where that's been the case. I've had that situation. Uh, I had a situation where I had a person in spiritual leadership over my life. It was a person that was given the position of overseer. And in reality, this person didn't function as an overseer. They, they didn't really do 
anything in my estimation of what an overseer should do and a person that has spiritual authority in your life should do. They didn't exercise this sort of compassion, the wisdom, all the things I, I, I really believe should be consistent with that position, but they had the title. And so I had to make a decision in my life to do what's right and honor that position. And I, I you know, here, I, I've heard this before, okay? I've, I've heard this both in the, the current political regime under the current president as well as the previous president. Well, he's not my president. Well, you know what? If you live in this country, he is your president. You, don't, you may not like that, but you honor that position because that's the way that our system works. And that's the, that's the determination I had to come to with my spiritual overseer. There was absolutely no reality to it, but I honored the position. I, I, I did what I was supposed to do to give proper weight and proper value to that position because that's the way it works. That's what's right to do. And because, and I'm making application here, because it'll go well for me if I do that. And it will for you if you do it with parents because parents are the same way as leaders in that there are some who have been given the position of parent in our life. That could be biological parents. It could be adoptive parents. It could be step-parents. It doesn't matter where the, the title came from. They've been given that role, that position. They may or may not have the reality of that. They may or may not function very well. They may or may not have been there for you in ways that parents should be there for you, but they still hold the position. God our Father tells us that we are to honor them anyway. That we are to give appropriate weight and value to that position of parents. Honor your parents because they're your parents. And that's the way that I've created this. And the promise of God is that it will go well for you if you do. Now we, we have a, another commitment as children of God. We have another commitment to our Heavenly Father, and and that commitment is to speak the truth. And and we are to deal with reality, deal with and in reality. Faith is not fantasy. Some of you will remember last year when I did the uh, Upside Down Kingdom series. You remember I said, how do you see a kingdom? And I put the Disneyland castle up there. Some people see this as a kingdom. And it's the magical kingdom, right? And then you go through that castle into where? Fantasy land. But that's not our faith. That's not, that's not, and, and sometimes I think this, as Christians, we feel like it, 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 that's sort of what it is. And if I'm going to be a Christian, I have to have a happy face. And, I, and, I, and I, 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 everything has to be right all the time. And it has to be good. And I have to say, praise the Lord, even when things are really, really hard and things really, really suck in my life. But that is not what God has called us to do or be by any stretch of the imagination. We are committed to truth as Christians. We're committed to honesty. We're committed to to reality. And so here we are, and, and I talked about the tension in our last message. We have to find balance between the tension of honoring our mother and father and living in truth and honesty. And what's real in this world. So what I want to do is try to separate position from function and how we give honor to both of those. And I want to start by talking about position. It's, it's possible, 
and even likely that some of us here have had parents who were possibly um, um, absent, who were not present in our lives. Maybe they were they were actually f- physically absent. They they I, I, I they maybe left you or abandoned you in some way or shape or form. Um, maybe they were physically there but emotionally absent and not available for you, unreachable, even though their physical being was there. Others of you may have had parents, it's completely conceivable, have parents who were not great parents, who didn't provide for you the way that a parent is supposed to provide for you, who didn't do the things for you that a parent is supposed to do for you. It's possible that some of you had parents that were worse than that, that, that were abusive to you in one form or another. I've been in ministry for 30 years. I've talked to a lot of people. And some of the stories that I've sat down and had people tell me are heartbreaking and at times overwhelming. And sometimes you sit down and you talk to somebody and they're just sort of sharing their life with you sort of on this level. And you're, I'm going, tilt, tilt, tilt. This does not compute. I can't imagine this person sitting here telling me that that's the life that they've lived. It's conceivable. And, and we all, if we've not been there, we all know somebody who's been there. We all know somebody who's, who's been through those sorts of situations and who have, who's had parents that were something far different than what God intended. So what does it look like to then honor the position of their own father, to bring honor in the name of God to that person when there maybe hasn't been much reality to that? How do we do that? According to uh, Ephesians 6, out of my allegiance to God, I need to honor that position. That's, that's, that's a commandment. And I'm also told, if, if I do that, it'll be good for me. I, I've been given that promise. So how, how does that apply? How, what, is, what does that look like? Well, I'll say this, it doesn't look like this. It, it doesn't mean that we pretend that something was something that it wasn't. We don't say, oh, it was, it was all wonderful, it was great. No, if it was abusive, it was abusive. It, if it was absent, it was absent. If it was not what it was supposed to be, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. In reality, if it was bad, it was bad. And to honor our mother and father doesn't mean to pretend that it was something it wasn't. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that we push it out of our life and, and pretend it never happened. We don't do that either. That's, that, that isn't truth and reality, and that's not what God means when he says to honor them. This is what it means to do this, that first of all, we pray for that person. We pray for them. Second, that we bless them. God, bless this person. Bless my mother, my father. We're commanded to do that to our enemies. And if, if our mother or father was a person who was actually in reality more of an enemy in our life, we're still commanded to do that. We, <coughs> we pray and we ask God's blessing upon their life. Lord, bless them and not curse them. Lord, bring your kingdom into their heart and into their life. That's what we do. And we love them. And to love them means this. It means to give them the worth that God gives them. God sees every person on 
the planet as being of infinite worth, and we see them as God sees them, and we say, even though my father and my mother didn't treat me the way they should, I understand that they are a person that Jesus died for and he loves, and therefore I choose to honor them by praying for them, blessing them, and and loving them. That's what I choose to do. And again, now, I, I, I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that in any way to make light of anyone's life, history, experiences. I know, I know that this might be hard to hear. I understand that. But, but no, no matter how bad it was, and look, realistically, chances are, most of us are somewhere in the middle, right? Most of us did not have parents that were perfect, okay? Let's just call that one as it is. And, and most of us didn't live in horribly abusive situations. We were probably somewhere in between. But worst case scenario, if it was the worst case scenario, we're commanded to honor the position of mother and father because it'll be good for us if we do that. It'll be good for us if we do that. How do you do that? How do you honor someone that was that way? I think this. I think it's impossible to do that unless you first forgive that person. I don't think any of this other stuff can happen. I don't think we can bless them, pray for them, love them with the the love of Christ. I don't think we can honor a person unless we first forgive them. I think that's ground zero. That has to be the starting point. And on both sides of the equation, first of all, I think the most profound way that we can show honor to that person is by forgiving them. And I also think that the the greatest thing we can do so that it might go well in our own lives is also to forgive them. Because here, if you, if you choose not to forgive them and if you decide that I'm going to harbor unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness towards my parents, regardless of how they treated you, it'll eat you alive. Unforgiveness will eat you alive. It will ruin your life. It will eat you from the inside out. Unforgiveness will distort all of your reality. It will distort how you view God, which is tragic. It'll it'll, it'll distort your ability to have healthy relationships with other people. It'll distort everything. And we must honor the position of mother and father in our life by first forgiving. We we honor that position by letting go of the reality and saying, I'm going to forgive this person. I'm going to forgive this person. Every one of us and every human being was born with the need to be loved by their parents. You know, they've done, I think, animals too. They've done studies on monkeys, right? And the monkey doesn't, they always get all tweaky if their mother doesn't love them. So do we, right? We're born, we're born Sorry. We're born with that need. Parents, look, parents are supposed to model God for us. They, they love us and show us what that means to be cared for and accepted. 
And then they pass us on to God, and the transition is smooth. Oh, I understand. This is what God is like. But that doesn't always happen because we, we live in a fallen world. It's messed up. So we don't receive that. And the gap between what we were supposed to get, what we needed, and what we actually got becomes resentment in our lives. The truth is it's rooted in a healthy thing because there's something inside of you that says, I don't deserve this. I should be treated better than this. I'm worth more than that. And you know what? You're right. God says, yes, you are worth more than that. No, you don't deserve this. Yes, you should be treated better than this. But there comes a point, no matter how good or how bad it was, in which we, we have to take responsibility. And, you know, it would have been nice if things would have all worked out the way they were supposed to, but they didn't. And the truth is this, really, at the end of the day, only God can fill that role in our lives. O- only God can love us unconditionally. O- only God can be all that we ever need Him to be. No person, no matter how good a job they do, can ever completely fulfill that role and the only way we can ever come to grips with that is to say, you know what, I, I release you, I forgive you, I let you off the hook for not being all that you were supposed to be for me. It, it doesn't matter how they respond to that. They don't have to necessarily, oh, thank you so much, I'm sorry. They don't have to receive it. They don't, they don't have to be alive anymore. It's still on us to do that. The Bible tells us uh, that it will go well for us and we'll live longer lives if we do that. And you know what? You will. I guarantee you. You will. Uh, Look, I'm not a doctor, but it'll cause you physical ailments to not forgive. You'll go through all kinds. There's uh, um, ulcers are just stage one. There's a million things that you'll deal with physically. Your physical body will bear the weight of unforgiveness in your life. You really will live longer. It really will go well with you if you choose to do that. Now, here's the deal. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be great and you're going to live happily ever after, that all of a sudden that relationship is going to be completely 100% restored. We're going to become best friends. That might not ever happen. That might not ever happen. Here, Here, look, it might happen. It might happen. Forgiveness opens the door for for restoration and healing to happen. If you don't forgive, it won't happen. We know that. If you don't forgive, that will never happen. If you do forgive, maybe that will. Maybe that will happen. Maybe that relationship will be restored. Maybe it will be forgiven. Maybe you will move forward in a different reality than you had in the past. But you might not. not. That might not ever happen. But we still need to forgive. We, We still need to honor the position of mother and father in our life by forgiving blessing, praying for, and loving those people. Then there's the functional part of it, the reality, what was really there. And in some cases, maybe there was very little reality. Maybe the the person that raised you or people that have been in that role in your life, and in, in our culture and society today, many of us have more than two. There's several people that have had that role. Maybe there wasn't much there. What does it mean to honor? It means to give appropriate value and weight. And when you weigh it out, the the reality might say, you know, there's not much there to honor. 
There just, there just really isn't. And so I, I, I don't give it much weight in my life. Maybe it was really good. And, and, and I've been uh, hopefully not focusing too much on the, the negative and the bad situations. Maybe you had a great parents. Really great parents. And they did love you. They did care for you. They did provide you. They did the very best they could ever do to, to be what God's intended them to be for you. And you need to honor that appropriately, give that appropriate way. You, you, you know what? If you haven't done this, tell them that. Tell them that. You, 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 need to, you, you need to bless them and say, thank you. Thank you for giving me the understanding of who God is that I have today. Thank you for that. We need to give that appropriate weight and honor. If it wasn't that, if there wasn't much there, there's not much there. You can't put much weight on that. You can't give much back to that. Maybe you were really, really blessed to have, and maybe today as adults, you're blessed and you have a great relationship with with your parents and it's wonderful. You know, one of the, you know, one of the greatest joys of my life is family. My family. There's, there's four generations of my family here tonight, and I'm thankful for that. I'm so blessed by that. One of my favorite things is when we all get together. We all got together on Mother's Day. We sat around and laughed and ate, and it was awesome. And maybe you had that. I'll give you, you want a you hint? Here, if you don't have that, here's what I found. I've tried some different things. This is what works. Meat. I, I just buy meat. doesn't matter what kind. I've, tried, I've experimented. Tri-tip works good, but really it doesn't matter. I put meat on the barbecue, I take a picture of it, and I text it to my children. I don't have to say anything. Just text them the picture of meat, and they come over. They show up. Within an hour, they're there. You know, it's interesting with the girls, because before they were married, they didn't respond to the meat invitation as well. Now they're married, and they show right up. So you just, meat is a good thing to do that. Maybe... You know, maybe that hasn't been your reality, and maybe you don't have that sort of relationship in your life today. And it's still, we want to bless and we want to honor the position of parent by blessing and forgiving. But maybe we won't have that. Maybe it won't be reconciled and healed. And and let me say this: it may be, it may not even be appropriate for it to be. There, There are those situations in which maybe someone was. Uh, if a parent was abusive in some form or another, and that person hasn't changed. And, and it might not be appropriate to reestablish that relationship today. We still forgive that person. We still honor the position, but we don't restore that relationship. Does that make sense? You can do one without the other. That, that's what it means to be a kingdom person and, and, to, and, and to live, you, you know, by, by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do I be righteous? How, how, what can I do to, to bring the kingdom into this situation? And it might be that, hey, I can't restore this relationship. It's not on me to do that right now. But I, I can forgive and I can bless and I can honor that role in that position. And, and that's, that's what it takes for us to do that. So we separate those two things. And I hope that helps you as much as it helps me. I want to close with this. This is the last thing. And Jeremy, actually, if you want to come up, we can do this. This is complex, all right? There is, it's not easy. Nothing I've said here is easy. It's hard. It's hard to know where the lines are. It's hard to know what is and isn't real. It's, it's hard to know how, it's hard to, to even if you know how, to, to bless this person, to love them anyway, to honor that position of parent, even though they weren't much of a parent to me, to do all that. And here's, here's, the, here's my, my end thing. 
That's where this family comes in very handy. Because this family can help you sort those things out. This family can help you walk through those situations. It is not God's intent, nor are any of us capable of doing that on our own. We need one another in that process. And if you're struggling with unforgiveness and bitterness, if you're struggling with, how does this work in my life? You need this family to help you with that. This is, I, I, I realized this this week too. As kingdom people, we get two births, right? We understand that. Born again. Two births equals what? Two lives. We get two lives. You live, you die, you live. Come out on top. And guess what? Two births, two lives, two families. We get two families. We have our earthly family and we have a spiritual family that can help us walk through the good, the bad, and the ugly, the wonderful and challenging things of life, and can help us to sort through how I do this, how do I honor the, how do I deal with my earthly relationships in light of who I am as a kingdom person. So let's stand and we'll pray. I want to, I'm going to pray for you, and as I'm praying for you, I'm going to invite the uh, ministry team, those that are I think most of them are in the children's ministry tonight, but I'll invite those that are in here to come up. Hey, I just feel like it would be errant to leave and not address issues. If you're here and and you have had a hard time, maybe you're somebody who was raised in a situation where there was no reality there. Or maybe you have some residual hurt that you've never been able to unhook from and let go of and forgive. I, I want you to do whatever you can tonight to try to do that. So, Lord, would you just give us the grace and your Holy Spirit to do that? Would you help us to come to terms with your kingdom and what it means to be your child, to be born again, to be a, a kingdom person and seek first the, the righteousness of God, the kingdom of God, to, to, to live a life that will go better for us if we do it? Would you heal us, Lord, of whatever it is that's kept us from unforgiveness? I just invite you to, uh, Jeremy's just going to lead us in a minute or two of worship, and we'll worship, and as, as he does that, if, you, uh, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, if you want this family to stand side by side and help you overcome some of those issues, I invite you to come, and there's some really, really nice people up here that will pray with you.